It is Book Boys. Hi, uh, Repo Boys. Book, 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 this episode is actually prime Poe Boys material because the chapter Poe Boys material, yeah, yeah. First part is the great disaster, so it really resonates whatever bit that you're trying because we're covering the great disaster, mm-hmm. and you're trying to, you know, um, just force this thing in. But you know what? I'm well. The, the joke is on you, and the punchline hasn't happened yet. A lot like part one. A lot like part part one of this book. <laughs> so let's we're we're doing a book boys, but we're we're doing this thing. But this time, we both read a book at the same time. And even when we were in English class together in college, we never we... read a book at the same time. Just go with it. Um. So we uh this is it man the high, high republic is here it was supposed to be out in august i think before getting delayed to january but to set the the demic right to set the context for well yeah because it was originally supposed to come out like right with celebration uh the context for anyone who maybe doesn't know let's 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 jump off that um so did you get your celebration um exclusive oh, the pin. no i did not i did not i don't know if it went to my old oh, address okay. or what but you got your little stormtrooper it probably did yeah and i was very excited like oh my gosh i'm getting my pass so early i'm getting my pass so early and then josh you know who was just being a uh debbie dampener uh-huh. uh was like no it's it's um it's just a pin a guy and... who just assumes that they're not gonna send out passes like two years early Pete, Star Celebration isn't in yeah. 2025. It's going to be a minute before you get your pass. <laughs> We're going to be so old. Um, yeah, so that came this week. Um, nothing to look forward to, Josh. It's it's just a pen. Although we're not really collect pen collector guys or bobbleheads or anything. I have a few now, which is to say I have a few. There's a brewery I frequent. That has some pins. I put them on my hat. But you gotta be, I don't know. Oh, really? Like a denim jacket or something that I guess pins would maybe look cool on. And I have like a Mecha Godzilla pin that I really like. And I have a Gigan pin that I really like. And I try to put them on my hats, but I think they still do look bad. Well, it's also really difficult for our lifestyle, too, because a lot of times yeah. you put pins on your book bag, right? Oh, yeah. And it's just this, like, decorative thing. But, like, when we're wearing book bags, they're not – it's not a fashion thing. It's multi-purpose. So, like, maybe I'm, you know, I'm running through a forest, and then it can get caught by a branch, and then I have to take down a whole tree. Right. Or, and it's usually our best bowl like, of weight. So, you know, when we drop the backpack, right. it falls very hard. And if it were to land on the pin, the pin would be damaged from all the weight in the backpacks we run with. They're just not, I mean, for, for those docile, <laughs> um, lackluster oh. people, yeah, okay, fine, pins, whatever. But for us, 
And I am wearing a hat with my really, pen on it right now. really big and really cool and really swole people. Mm-hmm. Pins just like it's not, it's not, it's not. Yeah. So you put it on your debate team polo. I don't know you're what you're talking up, about. Um, so <laughs> we've done we've done a number of books. We've we've covered a number of books, but I haven't read. I tried uh, a little while ago, a few years back. I tried Audible and like audio books, and I would do Star Wars books through that, but I couldn't really get into them. I think I I listened all the way through New Dawn which was the Hera and Kanan book. And I listened all the way through the Thrawn book, the first of the new Thrawn books. But I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I get think, this. Get this. Know. Get this. What's that? Um, have you heard about this Robert Downey Jr.? I have. Um, <laughs> and I, and I was like, that's nonsense. How would John Favreau get Robert Downey Jr.? And then I thought, oh, right. Iron Man, directed by John Favreau, but also like there's no way, right? I don't know, but he, but then I'm also like, right. he does sure seem to love doing a British accent in those Sherlock Holmes movies. Yeah, I um, I was like, well, Jason Isaac has only done an animated character <laughs> so far, he would be so good too. he would be. Good it's too. kind of like it's kind of like the role is built for him because there's a lot of really British. But they're so unlikable. Um, so it, I mean, it's it's definitely gonna be super interesting. Um, Thrawn for um, Thrawn. So the rumor is Robert Downey Jr. is gonna play Thrawn in some Star Wars iteration. Mm-hmm. Um, Thrawn is a character introduced in the not Charles Soul, um, Timothy Zahn books from the 90s yeah, and was in Rebels yeah. and is referenced in The Mandalorian and I mean it's going to be in one of the three spinoff shows yeah or one of the three Star Wars shows but yeah. he's obviously going to be played by Blue Mads Mikkelsen because he's the brother Ooh. of Lars Mikkelsen who voiced the character in Rebels so they're going to keep it in the family because they... that would be you know that that would be really nice um, because I have been saying this and Josh has been writing my coattails for this. I really hope Rogue Squadron is set like five, ten or episode nine, so that Kaz from Resistance mm-hmm. bulks up mm-hmm. and can play Christopher Sean can play that character. Yeah. Because if you look at Kaz from the Star Wars Resistance and then you look at Christopher Sean, um voice, yeah, sure. But uh <laughs> there's a there's a wide disparity. There's a wide disparity. It's kind of like when you do pictures of um, the Poe boys and then just like general Star Wars fans. There's like you have to like zoom in. I mean, it's it's obvious. Um, just we're not going to body shame people because that's just not that's not us. We're not, but you but, are. But um, just to, you know, for them, the, the, them to be on the same page. So um, that's a little bit of um, Star Wars rumors that i heard oh boy oh boy um so right yeah i listened to a few star wars audiobooks the last proper star wars book i read was the ahsoka young adult novel that came out around the time of like season two of rebels Um, oh what a great book 
I mean, you, I mean, even that one didn't quite grab me though. I'm looking at it on the shelf right now. I mean, I, I definitely read it. Oh, and then I read a I read another young adult book called Guardians of the Wills, which is written by Greg Rucka, who's a comic book writer. What a terrible book. Um, so I read that as well. But <clears throat> I guess for I, I so I when Ahso- when did Ahsoka come out? When did that book come out? I don't because it came out when go. I was very emotional, and the in the book where it explains her lightsabers, very gripping. Mm. And then when she sees R two, also, it got me. Um, and I really enjoy that book for those two, um, those two particular scenes. Mm. Now, since we're talking about our eyes and the background of our huge, huge eyes, I've read so many, so many books. Um, I am the one that has read more Star Wars right. books than you. Right. So usually when we do book boys, it's Pete read a Star Wars book. We need content. I five minutes before we record, try to think of like two or three questions. I can pretend that I'm interested in about the book he's read. And then he just describes the whole book. Usually. Yes. Usually. But uh, the previous I, books I have, were not mm-hmm. an interconnected mega story. Like this so far, is. what we've been promised, right? <laughs> so we're Will really it? rolling out the um, red carpet for this. Oh no, for sure. Um, we are, I mean, dedicating three episodes just to this book. Yep. I believe that's the plan. Yep, three parts. Um, this episode. So there's part one. part one, the the great disaster. Great then there's part two, the paths, mm-hmm. and then there's. Part three, the storm. The storm, interesting. Now, I assume you've already finished yeah. the whole book. No, no. Um, I mean, at, at when I sent you that text, I had read like four chapters ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, have you finished it? No. I'm okay because I the second part. I'm on page like two hundred fifty or something. Okay, because I also was, was like, uh, I gotta stop because I'm gonna like maybe we'll jump ahead at some point and and. Um, will be in trouble because there's some characters that are explained in later chapters. Because mm-hmm. there's a there's a clear end to chapter to the part one. Yeah, thankfully, because I was worried about that too. I think it's a lot harder with a book to contextualize a specific part of it without going into latter parts. Like with Mandalorian or like a show, I feel like it's easier for us to be like, okay, it started and ended here, and this is all the information we got there. Well, and one episode in a show unlocks, you know, it's and unlocks new information that builds on previous things. Yeah. Whereas, you know, some books, you know, one part is dedicated to one character and then the second part might be dedicated to another character that you, you need to have further explanation for. But, um, yeah, so this book is one, it's one that is released um, with a release date. Um, there's this one, which is what we're covering, Stores of the High Republic, Light by Charles Soule. Mm-hmm. Then there's a book by Justina Ireland, a kid, a, mm-hmm. a kid's novel, um, which his name is escaping me. Then there's a book in February and a book in like functionally July, like the last day of June. Um, and that's right. the start and of the series. The comic book series as well. And then there's did also you get the comic book? book? I I did. I have issue one of Star Wars: The High Republic. I figured I'd talk about that momentarily at the end of the episode. 
Um, that's by Kevin Scott, who's going to write the second. Oh, Kevin Scott's really good. Uh, book. Yeah, the, Kevin uh, Scott did. Um, Padawan Lost, Jedi Lost, whatever. The, the Jedi Lost, movie. yeah. The um audio, the only <laughs> audiobook is very interesting. Yeah, which they've since made a into a text. Oh, really? Yeah, I have a I have a buddy who's who's reading it now. But so High Republic is this big, huge initiative that they've been teasing for years. They used to call it Project Luminous, and then Pete and I, you can go back in our previous episode, we debunked what Project Luminous is, so they couldn't do that idea anymore. So they had to hurry up and come up with this idea. Yeah, we felt really bad. Yeah, I mean, I felt yeah. medium bad, but I, I mean, think it was it wasn't a very good idea what they came up with. No, I like this like product, favorites. but like what we yeah, so we had we had de- debunked. And we're like, here's what they're talking about. Lightsabers have souls, and they talk, mm-hmm. and that's what probably was going to be canon. It. And there was like a lightsaber named like Nerdlinger or something like that. It was crazy. They also tried to get into some racial stuff too, like the um, different different um, ethnic backgrounds, and it did not go well for them. It's very um, '90s Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, if you catch our drift. Um, yeah, a lot of, we saw a lot of "hia" written on the text. "Hia." So I talked about the books I listened to or tried to read previously because um, I think one of the things I don't care for much in Star Wars books and in Star Wars comic books, though, to a lesser extent, because for some reason it seems like they maybe have a little bit more leeway. I don't quite know why. Uh, maybe they're more lucrative. But Star Wars books, you know, like this, the the Kanan and Hera one or the Thrawn one and stuff like they they always seem to be ever so slightly nerfed. Like they, they always seem like they serve as an asterisk to something big and exciting that happened elsewhere. So it's like context I didn't necessarily need to enjoy Rogue One. And then it is just a book length asterisk. For I mean, this is just my taste. This is just my taste. Great writers, great creative people, totally understand the fandom for it. For me, that's what it feels like. So I never quite could get into the books, I guess, for that reason. And just because I think specificity in star wars sometimes can be a bit much for me but so this whole book initiative the whole point of these books seems to me to be to combat exactly that hang-up that i have which is this is 200 years before anything anything goes doesn't matter like yoda's in is it, it 200 gonna die but i'm pretty sure okay i didn't i thought it was like 500 honestly i feel like it should be further than 200 like the way they reference like hyperspace and stuff and talk about certain technologies with like a sort of, we don't understand yet feels like further away than 200 years. I was under the understanding it's 200 years, but it it seems to me expressly to combat that sort of like the reins that are placed on books that are supposed to be integrals to big movies and stuff is this is not tied into a movie. It's not tied into a show. You know, the characters in here can flourish and live and die and yada, yada. And so that was, I think, to me, the promise of this initiative and the potential of this initiative. And so I was, I must say, pretty excited when it showed up, despite um, my reservations for Star Wars books in general. Um, And then I guess of additional context to that, I would be remiss. um, Josh, um, one thing to throw in there before. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is set... 300 BBY to 82 BBY. And you might ask, what is BBY? And that is... Yep. 
um, which makes no sense in that universe other than that was when the first movie came out. Um, yeah, it's not so, for their universe, though. It's for ours. Yeah, so I would say that this add, add like 100 years to what you were saying. So yeah. I, um, we could say maybe this is this is set like 300 years before, but who, yeah. So I'm um, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. I, I was just going to say, so that, you know, I had that coming in and, and then I would, I think it, I can't help but bring up the, the context of the week in which this book came out because of two reasons. Obviously in the States, it's been very tumultuous. And to have this book come out, which was even in advance heralded as this is the Republic at its height. This is when this form of government was at its best. This is when the Jedi were at their best. This is when aspirations were high and dreams were being achieved and yada yada and have that come out while things are happening in our country that are not necessarily like that. And then on top of that, before I read this book, I've been on a reading kick. And so the book I started reading Monday before this book came Thursday that I had to burn through 400 pages of is this book called Sapiens, which is... Okay. Yeah, you've been talking about it. It's like... It's like uh, Here we go. A Brief History of Humankind. And so it's very much about, you know, the span of humanity and how different forms of government, different societies and stuff evolve and stuff. So this book dropped into my lap in a, in a very interesting time for such a book to drop into my lap. And so I, it, it had, before I even opened it, I think the potential for way more um, literary and intellectual uh, gravitas than I would have expected. So it was very, it had, it had a, lot, interesting. a lot of at stake. Or it had it had um, mm-hmm. expectations were high. Expectations were, were very high um, going into this. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, how you felt coming into this? What your expectations were? I actually didn't have too many expectations because everything that I had seen, and Josh and I are not people that look into spoilers, um, like that Robert Downey Jr. thing. <laughs> I just think I just find it ridiculous and funny, which is why <laughs> I threw that out there. Yeah. Um, but this is, I mean, when I when we used to watch Clone Wars together, I had a I had a lightsaber count. So if there was a <laughs> lightsaber, um, then it was a good episode. And if it was about four droids, right on the cover. four right there on the cover, and um, boy, do I I wish I knew if I could map them out. Um, I think I think we are introduced to all four of them well, in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in part okay so there's well, a couple introduced at least to three and one of them is referenced if we don't out and out meet them but all four of their names are dropped in that opening in the opening okay um so this is just like for me this is like peak peak star wars i'm very <laughs> very very excited um it's a little bummer that like Clearly, whoever they're going to fight are like maybe one or two or Sith, but like I, I don't think so. Oh my god! Um, huh? Yeah, I I don't think so. So it's going to be like mole people or yeah, mole people, pirate pirates or <laughs> mole people. No, I don't know. Right. Um, you got it right, mole people. Yeah, I don't know, like smir- smirk smarks or Cylons, whatever. So, I mean, that that part's a little bit of a bummer, but... uh, Well, and this is a question for slightly later, but one of the things they did before this book was 
release was like, oh, we're very serious about this. We hired concept artists, yada, yada, yada. And so there's like concept art for the characters in this to include the the villains. And I I found their sort of space Mad Max aesthetic kind of interesting. Like, a, you know, it seemed to be like maybe an extrapolation on a less force oriented, more chaotic Knights of Ren or some sort. But yeah, I don't think they're Sith. No, no, I don't. Well, let's not get... More to follow. Yeah, let's not, because that's not... I mean, clearly you and I have read farther because there's no indication of anything, any... There, well, the, the last chapter in, in the first part is they debut. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's true, yeah. Um, How you pronounce it? Oh. Nahal! What? Nihil! <laughs> Ni- the nihilists the nile it has to be nile right because it's like nihilism or it has to be nile um i mean i think you know what's really interesting is the empire is set you know they're all british they're all <laughs> they're all british people yes famously. is the is the high republic just going through a bunch of like german enemies like is that is that the new big bad is just like people with German accents and like references to Germans. Um, that'd be interesting. <laughs> the Nihil. I mean, look, um, it's not that hard to get in touch with Charles soul over Twitter. I'd done it before. You should definitely reach out. Well, right now, a lot of those people are, um, very, very engaged Twitter followers. Um, I, I just saw Justina Ireland, um, is responding to like, a ton of stuff about the Capitol um, riots. Mm-hmm. So what's well, it's, it's funny you should uh, mention that mm-hmm. because Charles Soule is a lawyer, right? Okay, um, I'm I'm familiar with Charles Soule through through comics. I've been reading you know his comic books. I think probably like 2014 or so he started writing like Swamp Thing, and I've I've followed him through like Daredevil and, and a bunch of She Hulk and um, some Star Wars comics as well. And so I followed him on Twitter for a while and he is clearly pretty knowledgeable about the law. And I got to tell you, there have been several times where something has happened. There's some current event and I will, I don't, I'm not even on Twitter anymore, but I'll go to his Twitter feed just to be like, all right, what does Charles have to say about this? That's so <laughs> funny. He usually has contacts or is very knowledgeable about it. And so when everything went down last week, I went to his workout and it was just like, uh, we're gonna be chatting about this book at 9 p.m. I was like, yeah, right, you are. But yeah, poor, poor guy. Um, I mean, I, I felt, I feel worse for and hopeful for the people that won in Georgia. You know, this historic thing mm-hmm. happened. All right, mm-hmm. um, in the United States, and then boom, um, everything burned down. Because Josh, you texted me something about I forget what it was, and I was like, "Yeah, um, maybe when the I world... texted you about the comic book, I texted oh. you a picture of the High Republic <laughs> comic book, and then you immediately were like, you 'You're not being a responsible citizen.' That's not what I said. I said, I said, <laughs> maybe when yeah, the world stops burning, the world stops burning, <laughs> which I guess is a little um, melodramatic. Well, I mean, we're both like DC uh, adjacent." you know yeah it's it's not it was it is a lot um and we're not going to talk about it um no but i like i said it did it did inform my reading of this book like i couldn't i couldn't uh not think about it i actually all right this is relevant so 
I mm. actually finished part one while it was all happening. So like I was up until three depressed out of my mind watching those <laughs> watching those um videos because like mm. they, they challenged the election in Pennsylvania too. Right. And, yeah, I didn't even think about that. And yeah, I'm yeah, and I'm from Pennsylvania, that. so a bunch right. of those people I'm very, very familiar with. Very familiar with because I'm from Pennsylvania. And I was very vocal about a particular person who anyway, we're not we're not getting into the specifics, but I was I was up until like three watching because mm -hmm. they did five minute videos for all these house reps. Um mm -hmm. and then when there'd be somebody I didn't want to hear, I would just mute it and then I'd read a chapter from the High Republic. So I finished like yeah. I finished the Great Disaster real, real quick. And boy, oh boy, lots of real short chapters in the first chunk of this book. This is that this honestly is not the case for the rest of the book. This is very reminiscent of Aftermath. Um, uh, okay, I I tried to listen to an audiobook for Aftermath. I didn't get all the way through it. I don't think it would be a good audiobook because it's also like Aftermath was. Um, like a, a set storyline introducing like a new set of characters in this like book uh, uh, book trilogy mm -hmm. to explain one of the worst Star Wars characters of all time, Snap Wexley. Yep. I like yep. his mom. Nora Wexley yep. should rest be introduced. In, rest in pieces. Um, I liked Wedge, who didn't seem to care that his stepkid was dead. Um, no. But again, see, that's exactly it is like all those books show these connections and it just becomes a little like when you're watching Rise of Skywalker, it's like if you've read the book, there's this asterisk that's like, oh, yeah, Wedge's stepson just died. Not that you can tell. And if you haven't read the book, you don't know that or whatever. That sort of thing is exactly kind of what I'm referring to when it the books sometimes feel a little nerfed or like they, you know, have one arm tied behind their back. Yeah. So that <clears throat> aftermath book basically set the tone of like here every single planet that has ever been referenced in star Wars, here is what was happening after each one. So like, I think it introduced Cobb Vanth from Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, apparently it did. I think I had read that as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so it introduced, it was like, here's a chapter on Endor. Here's a chapter on Tatooine. Here's a chapter on Yavin four, blah, 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 blah. Um, which is kind of the pace that I was, I was seeing from this a little bit because it was like, Going yeah. randomly from character to character, and I, I'm, I don't yeah. know if we'll we'll talk about all of them, or maybe just do the top hits. No, but let's talk about that structure in general because this is the grand debut. I mean, the comic book I think came out. No, the comic book probably came out the day after. I'm not sure, but th this is the grand debut of this huge initiative, and so this first part is very much uh, the cold open to what they're telling us is you know, a brave new world of Star Wars storytelling. And so to me, it was like, oh, this seems like kind of a cold open. You know, this seems like Anakin and Obi-Wan rescuing the Chancellor in episode three or um, everything that happens on Jakku there before, you know, Poe gets captured in episode seven. You know, the cold open, the beginning, the big, you know, action sequence up front. Uh, but because it's, you know, a novel, it's, it's paced as sort of a whole third of the book. And so... It is on one, in one sense a big spectacle to open with, but it also serves as an introduction to this huge cast, and because of that, it kind of goes on for a while. It goes on for a like while. Happening, this thing's happening for a while. Yeah, and, and, and 
So I was, I wonder what you thought of that and how you felt about the pacing. Cause I get, I get that you have to, you know, it's, it's a good way to introduce all these Jedi and their different connections with the force and stuff, but it did drag for me a little bit and it lost a sense of urgency that is this cataclysm happening. There's no, en- there, there is no urgency for me. Like even, yeah. even the one where it's the crew of normal people that are like mysteriously keep finding people to save. Um, that, mm-hmm. that, that meant nothing to me. Um, yeah. Now here's something that I'm really curious if this frustrated you, Josh, because I've said how, how mm-hmm. I enjoy this very, very much in star Wars books is they'll say an alien and they'll do a very poor job at describing the aliens. Did you, uh, that was a big question I had because I, before I even started reading this book, I had a dialogue with myself of, all right, am I going to Google all these aliens? So I have an idea of what they look like. Am I going to be reading this with Wikipedia pulled up and going in? I said, no, Uh I'm going to leave it up to the author. If he, if he can describe it good enough, if, if it's, if it, you know, I'll know what I need to know for the story. I don't need to know specifics. It's fine. But lo and be every freaking one, I looked up. Because um, half the characters, half the named Jedi, they have concept art for. So you can literally look up what the Jedi look like. Oh, really? I, di- I didn't. I didn't do that. Um, so I only have the. Oh, okay. I only have the 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 front, which is Avar, Chris, and then the other three. Briaga, Elzar Man, and Loden Great Storm. Okay, that's okay. Interesting. Loden Great. I actually thought that was the Padawan. Um, Loden's Padawan was the p- person on the right, but that makes more sense. Yeah, no, Bell. He has dreadlocks. So. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Not him. In- yeah. Interesting. Um. Yeah. So I I enjoy that thoroughly. I mean. And let's not say, you know, I know that um, I I come across as bad. I've lost every trivia I've ever done in Star Wars. Um, <laughs> so it's not like I'm Googling everything, you know, like um, I think when they say like, I know what a Mun is, uh, Deveronian, you know. No, I didn't. I knew Deveronian. Um, Mun's like what Sand Hill is, right? Mm-hmm. Like the banking clan. Kind of? Yeah. Yeah. I had to. Like and then that. there's, but again, you don't have to though. Like, there's not. I want to. I don't have to do it. Right, exactly. I'm compelled to, but nothing in the story hinges on it necessarily. But yeah. Yeah, and um, so I, I, I like I read it on my iPad, and then I have a tab. I have uh, a tab open, and then I just keep going to one <laughs> to the other. And it's interesting. There's like two or three new aliens that they've introduced with this book. Um, yes. Yeah. I, one in particular, I want to talk about in the next episode. Yeah. Okay. I think that a couple of them were introduced in the in the next part, so we won't talk about that. Mm. Um, that being said, um, who is your favorite Jedi from the ones introduced? So I'm going to go just off of part one and what we have happening in this part mm-hmm. one. And my, I guess my favorite Jedi introduced would just have to tie into what I thought was the most inspired part of part one, which is when Avar Chris comes onto the planet and kind of synchronizes everyone to push this Tabana tank away. But she begins to meditate and she begins to spin her lightsaber so that it makes a tone. Mm-hmm. And 
Here's a Force is kind of a song and sort of synchronizes up with that. And um, I, I, I really, I'll talk about it more next week because I think it, they do extrapolate on it a little bit. Um, but there's this idea of the Force as like an art or the Force is like a medium in which to, um, you know, create or something like, like that. And I thought that was really compelling. And I, it was the most cinematic part of that whole, um, this whole opening chapter for sure. Uh, but I also, you know, I, I really liked the touch of, uh, I think his name's Briaga, the Wookiee Jedi, um, like him being very fearful and like nervous about it. And then it coming out that like, he's not afraid necessarily. He's picking up on these other people's fears. Mm-hmm. And um, I find empath very compelling as well. Well, let's get, um, we'll get it. Yeah, and go then, ahead. So yeah. I, I'll I'll say mine, and then let's get into the force mm-hmm. abilities um, in a second. Um, okay. Mine is just I I the the thing I thought, and I like laughed a little bit. I liked loading a lot, which is really yeah really hard um, for me to say oh, because you, right. you know he's a Twi'lek yeah. and I hate Twi'leks. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, famously xenophobic towards. But um, yeah, just yeah. how he was treating his Padawan. <laughs> that seemed i i was reading some of that and hearing you laugh um yeah and i i really enjoyed bell too of like <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I i think at least once in the first part um bell is like yep this is how i'm gonna die <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. uh, at least it's over and then he gets saved and then you know they just continue on so i thought i think Loden is really really i like Loden a lot um i get mm-hmm. a lot of I agree. Um, parallels to like Qui Gon of that character. Not that you know they're like what characters Qui Gon. There's um, some inklings of that. Um, let's talk about how they're introducing this concept of how Jedi look at the Force and the picture that's in their mm-hmm. head. So like um, mm-hmm. hers, uh, Avar Chris who is the woman in the front, um, Sarah Carter in the front of the, um, of the book on the, on the, yeah, green lightsaber. And she looks at it like a song. And then who's her best friend that she brings the, like Elzar man. Yeah. Who is apparently the guy to the right of her. Elzar man who like is too much of a rogue. He never gets to be a master, (laughs) which I I find really funny. Um, he's just like, well, and speaking of who would the Qui Gon be? Yeah, yeah, he's a better in terms of a better one. But I, I got more of a vibe from that from Loden. Um, but he, he's the one that looks at it like an ocean that never ends, mm-hmm. um, and then he can mm-hmm. manipulate whatever he wants. And then there's a couple other ones. So I thought that whole concept was really cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's it's fun. I. Obviously, I also very much enjoyed Loaded Great Storm, and I'm I'm struggling to come up with um, an analogous character in in some other franchise. But it just like as soon as they started introducing Loaded Great Storm, it was like, oh yeah, this is the guy that's supposed to be like, oh hell yeah, this guy rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, this guy rules. They nail it, you know. But again, like there's an interesting part in the second part where I'm like, oh wait, is this the guy that rules? Or is somebody else the guy that rules? Um, and the interesting thing too is yeah, in, 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 the... in Clone Wars books, 
there's only like you know a pair of Jedi, and then it, they go off in like a story or something, or like an episode of Clone Wars. Yeah. This one, you don't know. Like, there's so many of them, so they can kill them off whenever. Yeah. And you know, maybe mm-hmm. Bell takes over and has to save somebody. Um, the Wookie Padawan yeah. um, is a Padawan. Um, I forget who mm-hmm. uh, is it. Biarga, Biarga, um, Briaga. Yeah, I think I was. Um, but yeah, no. his master, who's has not at this point made an impression. It's supposed to be an older woman, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, and um, you know they introduced a character here and a character there. Um, so you have no idea who's going to get wiped out or what's going to happen. Um, right. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of Jedi waiting in the wings, which is a good point you bring up. Cause it, it made me realize, I mean, in books and stuff, who knows, but canonically for me, I'm now retroactively realizing based on your comment that it, usually, you know, you talk about Clone Wars and stuff, it usually is one or two Jedi or it's a small group of Jedi. And the only time we see like a whole mess of Jedi in the movies is the Clone Wars in which they essentially degrade themselves to war. And they, that's, that's their entry into a battlefield. They become soldiers, and that's bad. But here, we see essentially an army of Jedi as they're it, doing their intended purpose and confronting a crisis. And it also just goes back to like, okay, this is, this is the Republic, this is the Jedi at their height. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're, you know, and so it's, it's, a, it's, it's interesting because I think on paper, if you, you're not trying to delve too deep into the mythos of it all, you're just like, oh, yeah, Jedi, Jedi being Jedi, just like Clone Wars, Jedi being Jedi, action, lightsabers, Jedi. But there's a very important distinction here, which is that, you know, this is them responding to a crisis and and helping people. But this is not them going to war. They're not being warriors here. They're not fighting. I mean, Loden and, and those hooligans those one percenters but yeah yeah it's interesting it's it was, it's it's smart of of charles soul and and i i suspect it's not just charles soul who came up with the broad strokes of this mm-hmm. like the whole event seems like this was probably a writer's room type of deal and he's the one who wrote this episode type but it's, it's a very smart way of introducing this era of jedi because it it shows them doing stuff that again it doesn't it doesn't feel any different on its face than how we've seen Jedi portrayed, but it is. Well, it, it, it feels a lot like, um, episode two, um, attack of the clones in the Geonosis arena where they, they show, mm-hmm. you know, two people, um, in all these different cutaways. So you like, you see like Luminara and Barris, and then, you know, mm-hmm. those two are together and then there's stories that can go off. Like, they had a book that's now defunct um, for them. And then your favorite. Yeah, right? I actually, I like that book a lot, um, which had Barris and Anakin. I, know, I think you mentioned to me. Um, Barris and Anakin at the same age, as opposed to Barris being um, focus right. age. But that's, I got a lot of like um, feel of that. So like, for example, the head Jedi of um, Starlight Beacon whose name is escaping me, whose Padawan right, is Tegrudan, a uh, Trandoshan. Though. Yeah, the Tegrudan. Um So I I don't I don't know if that's her Padawan though, or if that's just a dude. That's the second in command. 
like ski ski well yeah yeah, yeah he's second in command yeah right mm-hmm. um which i think a lot of that that's the person who i was like oh that's a brabble they're bringing in the brabble from the legends uh which is uh, just clearly it's you know they name it as a transition that's the vibe i got from a lot of these opening chapters as like some of these people we're going to see, you know, maybe a little bit on Starlight Beacon, but their stories are meant for other people. It's not just going to be, you know, these characters. Um, some of them are going to be highlighted. Some of them aren't going to be highlighted right. going through this. Mm-hmm. And and so I can, I'll tread carefully here, but having read the first issue of the comic book, I think can speak to this a little bit in that it... Um, it reminds me sort of of the current line of X-Men comic books, which maybe someone who's listening is reading those as well, but there's the main X-Men book. And then there's this huge new status quo where mutants are, you know, an independent nation. And how does that affect, you know, the globe? And so there are all kinds of sub books other than X-Men that focus on different facets of it. Like the X force book is like, this is what the mutant CIA oh, wow. is okay. now and stuff like that. And so, yeah. And I keep uh, against my best judgment, reading more and more of these books and knowing that I'm going to hit a dud eventually, but so far they've all been really good. Um, but having read the first type of higher public, uh, the comic book, it is very much like, a, Oh, this is, it shifts to something different. It's like very similar sort of kind of to the X-Men line, I would say, in that it's, it's focused elsewhere. Okay. And there's, yeah. Um, I will also say this, and this is verified from a tweet from Charles Soule. Um, the High Republic comic book takes place after this book. I think everything takes place after the book. This is like the book that... yeah. Um, sets everything off right but this isn't like some sort of concurrent side story or whatever it's it's after so even just reading the first issue there's a thing or two that I oh okay interesting all right yeah but the focal point is different than okay the book yeah, yeah. so know all of that and that's about wow you know this is um, This is the first time, Josh, that you've had more info going into something than I have. Oh, bro. (laughs) Um, Um, And and since we're on the comic book, I will just touch real quickly in that, like, I'm not reading comic books week to week anymore. I don't really often read into mm -hmm. issues anymore. Um, And so I think I've lost my patience for the more episodic kind of individual issues. You know, I tend to read collections now, so it's like five to six issues at a time. Uh So it did feel kind of truncated to me and kind of brief. Uh, It didn't feel like a grand unveiling of a new status quo or anything like that. It wasn't, it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I didn't really find it particularly gripping. Um. I mean, I'll probably. It's tough, though. Yeah. The first six issues come out, but um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's gotten decent reviews on the you know comic book review sites I go to. I'd be curious if any of any listeners who read it what they what they thought of it. Because um, again, part of it might just be that like my my sense of pacing is off because I'm not going into the comic book store week to week and and having bite sized chapters of stuff anymore, but. I don't know, but yes. So, if you don't want any spoilers for *Eye of the Jedi*, um, don't read *High Republic*. Though when I read *High Republic*, I didn't know I was getting spoilers <laughs> for 
Light of the Jedi because that was what I read first. Mm-hmm. And then it was only after around. Well, so, so does I it do follow know, like a main character or does it just things. show different, different, char- different Jedi? Yeah, the, I mean, uh, um, the, the main character of this is um, Keeve. Keeve something. This Keeve. Okay. Sh- she is someone's Padawan. But even that would be divulging information it appears you don't necessarily have. Okay. Um, Um, I don't want to know. But I haven't seen that character's name in the book yet, this Keeve character. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Whole other world. So, and and then based on, I read just a brief um, synopsis of, Synopsis? I don't know. The, you know, Justina Ireland's book and um, all these other not the not the plot summary, but the back of the cover kind of thing. And it seems like those books also have different casts. I'm curious what the cast so, is for the book that comes out in um, February. Uh, oh yeah, the I can picture the cover. Well, the the character, the character, the main character I read the synopsis of, I have not noticed that name in this book. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, interesting. Okay, um, um, where is it? But my intent is to, I mean, like I said, probably I'll pick up the collected trade paperback of the Higher Public comic book series when that's out, which will be like six months from now. Um, my intent, I think, is unless unless Light of the Jedi just absolutely floors me and I become obsessed with all things High Republic, as of now, I just intend to read these kind of main, quote-unquote, adult, for whatever reason. Well, we'll get to that. Novels. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read this, and then when this next one from Kevin Scott comes out in, in late June, uh, I intend to pick that one up, and I'll just stick with those. I don't think I'll get into the YA or anything. The YA is the one set in February. That's that's the Claudia. Uh, Gray. Yeah, that's the Claudia. No, that's the Claudia Gray book. Come out. Yes. Yeah. Claudia Gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's the author. Yeah, I can picture the cover, but yeah, yeah. Um, let's see what other um, fancy. Okay, I do actually have a huge big note, which is. The planet that this all takes place on, Hetzel. Yeah, Hetzel's pretzels. Um, yeah, okay, look, man. If you're living in a world where there's, like, a famous hot dog stand called, like, Potsmog's Hot Dogs, don't name a planet, like, Glipglog. Come on. Like as soon as I read Hetzel, I was like, "Oh, Hetzel's pretzels, Hetzel's pretzels." Every time I read the word Hetzel, I was like, "Hetzel's pretzels, Hetzel's pretzels, Hetzel's pretzels." Come on, Hetzel, anything? I don't know. Hetzel was the the wrong move. It was the wrong move. It's fine, but like, come on, bro. It's interesting. Um, I I've been watching The Expanse um over the last three weeks um mm-hmm. which is this tv show on amazon and um 
an ag planet is like a big B plot line of like the third season. And this, I mean, they, Star Wars really enjoys showing planets that are one season or do one thing. Um, and that's certainly what this Hetzel's Pretzels planet um, set of planets does, which I, I enjoy. I, I like the concept of it. Um, I think it's ridiculous Man, how many people live that, there. Going... Yeah. <laughs> Going back to that freaking Sapiens book, man. There's this huge chapter on the agricultural revolution. Like, was this good for humanity or were we being enslaved by wheat? And so reading about Hetzel's pretzels and it's like a farm world in the back of my mind, like agricultural revolution, capitalism. But none, none of them work here? there, what though. being destroyed. Yeah, none of them work there, though. None of who? Like, none of the people that live on that planet work on the fields. They're all They're all, like... Done by. I have no idea what any of those people do. Oh, that's true. They do mention the droids. Yeah, because they also talk about how the majority of the population is not rich enough to have their own ship off-world, which is why you know the Bell and Loden chapters um, are kind of isolated. Um, Now, remind me, what is? How does that whole scenario end? It's just the gates open and they leave? Uh, yes. Right? Like, I don't remember a cleaner. Oh, I think they take out the Marauders pretty easily. And then while while the Marauders are, while they're taking on the Marauders, the ship people fire at them. Yeah. And then when Loden and Bell take out all of them, they then acquiesce. And then Loden is like, yeah. I'm really cool. So we just take it on faith that they got on that ship? Or yes. That Loden and Beller got on the oh, ship? That the that the masses that they were trying to get I on believe the ship? So. Got on the yeah. ship. Like, I, I don't remember that there being like a, a neat and tidy wrap up to that. But yeah, I, I feel like they were just like, all right, on to the next Yeah, one. I think so. Yeah. What, what, do we think, what do you think about yeah, the yeah. idea that um, all of their ships basically do nothing. They just rely on the force. Like there's that speeder that uses the lightsaber. Yeah, they, what are they called? Vectors, vectors, yeah. Yeah, they really want to make a vector seem like a cool thing. I haven't wikipedia it yet. But they were really like, oh, vector, vector. And keep saying vector and other V-related words, and that will be neat. Um, I, it, I thought... I. I liked the idea of the like ignition switch or like it being powered by the lightsaber. And I think um, not to make myself seem like too much of a hipster idiot, but as a guy who specifically requested a manual coffee grinder for his birthday, I can appreciate that it's like oh no it's like a manual like acoustic or not well, yeah there you go it's an acoustic starfighter you know there's no plugins or whatever but i don't know yeah it was it, was, it, well, was it, it, it enough, had but... me directly comparing it to obi-wan in episode two and three of somebody that's still reliant and hates droids and hates you know everything happening and then it's mm. all these jedi that are like we can control everything and you know, any, any move will lead to disaster. And, you know, a couple of Jedi die because they can't concentrate and fly at the same time during the near. The end of that. That's interesting. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really think about it in comparison to the the droid controlled ships of the the Jedi that we know. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I'm looking in the comic right now, and it does look like we date. They have vectors in the comic. Um, they look fine. I don't know. They're, they're, well, it's an interesting uh, take because they have to show that this is there's less technology available, right? Kind of how um, mm-hmm. episode one, two, and three can't go, you know, too advanced, even though the technology of filmmaking was so different from mm-hmm. you know the the um, late seventies, um, early eighties. And then the same thing kind of going for, and I don't think they did a great job with seven, eight and nine. They just keep saying how trash the millennium Falcon is, uh, but they're not doing a great mm-hmm. job. Um, you know, they advanced it a little bit. Um, so this was their take on it. I thought it was fine. Um, it, what they, how they showed like the lack of technology. I actually really enjoyed like the, lack of a navigation computer that everybody has. So, because it seems like Mm. the millennium Falcon doesn't have to go on, on routes at all. It can just go wherever the hell it wants. Um, but this, it seems like at least in the first part, they're like, there's strict paths that they can go. And those are the only places that they can go. So you can cripple like an entire planet by doing the block, by doing a blockade. Well, let's, I think that's. Well, I think we're getting a little far, far into it. So I'll stop on. That. Maybe, but yeah, because that also, I had some confusion, quite frankly, as to what specifically was happening during this great disaster, cataclysm, whatever they called it. Um, and I will not say because it's it's clarified in part two, so I won't clarify here. But to my mind, as I was reading it, I was I begin to just assume that the ship in the first chapter that hit something in hyperspace was one oh, of many, okay. and that all of these things coming to hit the planet no no that's not how i been that. hit something in hyperspace interesting yeah and and so concurrent with that of course is also they're telling us all these things about hyperspace but i don't read the books i don't I don't know any specifics about hyperspace because in the movies and the shows, it's just, all right, jump to hyperspace. So I don't know if what they're saying about hyperspace in like, I don't know which parts are, this is our understanding of hyperspace 200 years ago versus like, this is just hyperspace. You should already know this. This Mm -hmm. is how it always worked. I mean, doesn't cripple the story necessarily, but it, it's something that's come up a number of times where I'm like, well, wait, is that how it's supposed to be? Or and I feel like us talking about comedy? part two, because that's when you get more into like the Republic and how they have this like the, mm. their equivalent of this is the way. Um, I forget what the. No, they, they say that in part one because I, I wrote a note about it. Yeah, because I I wanted to say we are the public. This is the way. I found We Are the Republic to be uh, fairly compelling and didn't it didn't jump out at me as blatantly as this is the well, way. It feels more nationalist. Again. You know, it feels a lot more hopeful. And that the people that are saying it, like, yeah. actually believe it. 
Yeah, I mean, perhaps that's that's some of it is the context within the larger Star Wars mythos, but and also I guess another part of it is I'm reading it, not having it delivered, and you know, this is a way is at the mercy of the actors saying it, um, which is not to say that the actors saying it aren't particularly capable. But John Favreau, I don't know. This is the way. Just this is the way. Is just is such a ready-made T-shirt slogan. I've said it a thousand times. I'll say a thousand more. And quite frankly, they already have "We Are the Republic" socks that you can get if you pre-order yeah, a signed that. copy yeah. of High Republic: Light of the Jedi with the alternative cover. But um, I don't know. Yeah, "We Are All the Republic" just rang rang a, a little truer uh, to me, or didn't it? Didn't it? Didn't get stuck in my craw quite yeah. so much. So um, I I think that we've both had a generally positive experience thus far with this. Yeah, I would say it was a little longer than I thought it needed to be. But on the whole, I, I read the whole first part over the course of 12 hours at the very least. I may have had to I may have finished it the morning oh, wow. I started reading it. But it was, it was it was pretty quick that I read the whole first. Chunk. Interesting. Yeah. OK, so. And by the time we record for part two, I probably will have the book finished. I I will probably finish it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll get bored. Uh, Maybe it depends on what our record schedule (laughs) is um, coming up. Um, With that being said, um, this was the great disaster. We're going to cover part two, the paths, and then we'll finish it up. And Mm -hmm. from there, who knows what we'll be doing? Oh, God. I don't even want to think about it. Um, think about it. at gmail.com. At Pubboys Podcast is our Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you next week.